Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with your co-host, Justin Panic. Today's pod, we got to recap the offensive undrafted free agents. One more fun episode, at least to me, maybe not to you, but I have fun doing it. But Justin, how are you doing, my man? Oh, Bobby Skinner. I have been hibernating from the world the last couple days. I've been like finishing up college things. I presented and defended a senior thesis today. So I kind of rejoined the online world like civilization. It was kind of nice to unplug a little bit and kind of just lock in on one particular thing that wasn't the Giants for a little bit. But I'm back in the virtual world, if that makes any kind of sense. I'm back in Giants land. Bobby Skinner, what I'm mainly excited for and what has mainly got me kind of riled up right now, you got riled up over the draft, and I'm sure it's maybe not the same thing for you. You got riled up over the draft. But what I get riled up is when we start sniffing football, and that's not really the draft for me, but when we start sniffing football, that's the schedule being released, and that is being released Thursday at 8 p.m., uh, and we will be recording Thursday night, so we'll be, we'll be able to talk about the schedule. But as a regular season ticket holder, that is one of the first signs that I get just like really excited for the season, and I get excited for football coming back. I do have hope that I'll be able to go as a regular season ticket holder. So It's happening. I have football hope. is happening. I don't know how many fans are going to be there, but football is 100% happening. Sports are happening. Take it to the friggin' bank, baby. I'm, I'm happy about it, but I don't want to jinx it, So even though I don't believe in jinxes. So. But anyways, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Now, Games that you're looking forward to seeing scheduled. Now we'll do this all. I just want, I can't, I'm trying to make a tradition of going to the first December home game every year. And, but I also want to go and harass Baker Mayfield when Cleveland comes to town. Maybe those two things will marry each other and it will have, and the, and the Cleveland Browns will be coming to town the first weekend in December. Yeah. Maybe they'll make that the first Sunday night game. Maybe we won't get the Cowboys, even though we will get the Cowboys in week one, especially with Jason Garrett coming on over to our side. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just bank, bank on that, you know, and then if it doesn't happen, then you can be a little excited, even though this year would be kind of fun because of Jason Garrett and his new offense and blah, blah, blah. Now let me ask you something. Let me ask you something because we're fans. We are, we are a podcast that we are, we are a fan podcast, but at the same time, you know, we, we are also a podcast that we do record <laughs> right after games uh, or not even just right after games, but we even try to give ourselves a little time to prep if we need it. In 2019, when you saw that the Giants did not have any primetime games, even though primetime games, especially Sunday Night Football, it, it's just different. There's something different when football's on, on NBC and it's on Sunday night. But when you saw that there were no yeah. primetime games, specifically Sunday night games, is that something that kind of made you like excited? Excited? I I mean, our primetime games weren't that exciting last year. I mean, we had Philly and Dallas, um, and then Thursday night, Thursday night against the Patriots definitely had me excited. Although I kind of wish that was a Sunday game, but that game definitely had me excited. And it's always nice to have the whole world's like eyes on Giants Patriots. So that one I was excited for. And I get that we have to record late, but I don't I don't let that affect me. I I want to see our I want to have our team in the spotlight. I I love that. So I'm not one of those people who are like ah oh, like. Like, think about the reporters that they have to write stories very late. It's like, yeah, you know what? A lot of people would like to do what you would do. So I, I like it. It's always kind of bugged me because, again, I'm coming from the perspective of a regular season ticket holder. And I would love, like, Saturday night games. 
I would love it because then you just don't have to do anything the next day. But Sunday night games and those Monday night games, when it, when it's like a school night, when it's a work night, that just sucked. It sucked. And I know I sound like a pompous jerk right now, but. <laughs> Sunday nights, we don't get no sleep anyway. So who cares? You know, I'm not That's going true. to sleep till three o'clock in the morning on Sunday night. So it's, it is what it is. I, I like it. So. That's it. We'll talk more about the schedule when it actually comes out. Uh, no rookie camp right now, which sucks. You know, usually we would be recapping rookie camp, and I do enjoy doing that stuff. We've got the first interviews with the players. You know, you, they'd be wearing their numbers, and there's always some fun stuff that com- comes out of that. Last year, um, the whole world burned down when they put out a highlight of Daniel Jones doing swing passes and stuff, saying the dimes, and people people really lost their minds over a social media team doing social media things. So like can't get don't don't get to do that this year. I really do enjoy rookie camp though. And you get to see some players like you know what like there's a lot of guys who aren't going to make the NFL team, but there is a, some a few guys who slip onto the team from that rookie camp that you know otherwise would have never gotten a chance. Rob Martin was one a couple of years ago. Yeah, and what's kind of important about that rookie camp and I kind of just thought about this Darius Slayton had a terrible rookie camp. He had a terrible rookie camp. Was dropping everything left and right, but he was a guy that kind of developed over time as OTAs went on. I think the spring workouts, Pat Shermer actually walked away from those spring workouts saying that Darius Slayton was the most improved player, period. So what kind of sucks about not having, I mean, we're, we're, this is going to be a theme, even though we are hopeful for football. Like, you know, I'm hopeful that I'm even going to be going to games this fall and this winter. I'm, I'm hopeful for that. I have hope. But, what does absolutely suck about the Giants having so many things that are new um, is that you aren't going to have, you know, one of these guys like Darius Slayton, uh, you know, like Daniel Jones and how important that time was to him. They're not going to have that in-person time, especially considering that everything is so new for everybody. How many things have the Giants changed this offseason and things behind the scenes that we can't even see, which I do trust them. I trust that Mara has said in the past that they've changed a lot of things behind the scenes. Gettleman has changed a lot of things behind the scenes. And of course, bringing in a, a coach with such new and nice philosophies, uh, so it seems. So it sucks that there's going to be no rookie camp because it's not going to allow maybe a guy to struggle or maybe a guy to shine that typically would if they were actually there in person. Yeah. And also like, you know, like it sounds silly and maybe a little overrated, but that's like friendship start there. You meet the rookies. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you could talk through Instagram DMs and stuff, but there's nothing like hanging out. People tell those stories, you become friends. Now, there's going to be more time, but like when the whole team's together, it's a different vibe when you're a rookie. You know what I'm saying? Or you're a freshman on, you know, on the campus. When you're all rookies, you kind of feel, you know, more comfortable. Obviously, you have that nervousness, but it's just, uh, it's different. So I, I, I like rookie camp. I like all the OTAs. People say they're overrated. Maybe they are, but I, I do think there is value in all those. And just being around the team, like that is important. It's good to keep people in check and be like, how are you doing? You could get, you can do it virtually, but you'll never get that engagement that you have from face to face. So, it is right. what it is, and I'm definitely missing it. Right, right, right. So, before we go to the offensive undrafted free agents, just I, I just want to say something to our listeners. One, thank you for our support through the draft coverage. Like we obviously broke records, which like that's to be expected. You know, as a podcast grows, and you know, draft weekend is always a huge weekend for us. I mean, it was huge for us last year. It really did bump us up a level, myself and Danny. This year bumped us up again. Now, what sucks is that we didn't, like, demolish our records, but that was because people aren't driving and stuff. Like, our numbers, like, our loyals, our diehards are there. But 
there wasn't as many new listeners as we would have got. But nonetheless, I thought it was funny. Someone was like, hey, I stumbled across this podcast, Talking Giants, and like tweeted something very nice about us. So I, I retweeted it because, you know, just to let people know, like, hey, we're doing some good things. And I just realized how what kind of a scary world we're in to where all the people who have made parody accounts of us start responding to this person. I wonder what this random person thought. And and he's, <laughs> he's hopefully he's listening again. And let us know what you think that when you say this nice thing about this podcast and it's like journalist Bobby uh, respond, Bobby Skinner's burner, Justin Panic burner, misinformation, pa- all these random parody accounts start responding. I don't I don't know. Like the parody accounts, we love them. And it's a, it's a sign of diehards. But you guys scare me sometimes. I'll be honest. Yeah, the uh, the the burner, the burner accounts and the parody accounts are really taking on a life of its own. And I do have to let's let's give a shout out there. Let's give a shout out though. Computer Folk Panic has been the best account on Giant Twitter. It's been even better than my own with the takes, with the jokes, especially centered around our solder conversation that we had last week. So wh- whoever's running Computer Computer Folk Panic, uh, uh, keep it up. Keep keep uh, keep being sarcastic with those analytics and those stats. Keep out doing there, that, so and you'll get the replace <laughs> Panic on the podcast a year from now. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that and is you, that is that is the end goal for you. <laughs> good job buying t-shirts. I mean, they're good t-shirts, so I'm not going to give you guys too much credit on it. But good buying those on the Hog Mollies and the the Once a Giant, Always a Giant. And and shout out to Sarah Zeitler, Kevin Zeitler's wife, who's always who's been a, yes. a big supporter of the show. Retweeting it, that was cool. So good stuff. All right, Justin, do we have anything else before we kick it to the offensive undrafted free agents? I always feel like it's a mouthful saying that every time. Offensive on draft of free agents. Uh, I do want to say thank you for leaving five star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I know you just thanked people for the support, but uh, I said don't leave. Re- they we told people to not leave reviews on the last episode, and they did. It's disrespectful, and they did. honestly, to us. So, so a bunch of uh, bad guy, bad person moves out there. All of you, bad, bad guy moves. But no, but really, thank you because that is like the one way that we ask to support in like in the best way. Even if you don't have an iPhone, find a way to leave that five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. And the, the even the reviews have been absolutely wonderful. And we haven't really been asking for it. Say Specifically, if, Bobby asked for it. If you see someone with an iPhone, if you see somebody with an iPhone, say, I'm going to cough on you and I have coronavirus if you don't leave a five-star rating review on Talking Jazz. How about that? How about that? Does How that work? How about that? That works. Let's, uh, let's move to the offensive undrafted free agents, and I can say that a lot better than you. Come on. Pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. Let's look at the offensive undrafted free agents of the 2020 NFL draft, even though they weren't drafted. Let's start off with the guy from Ohio State, the Buckeye, Austin Mack. Austin Mack, no matter what. Six foot one, 208 pounds. He ran a 45940 at the combine with 31 and a half inch vertical jump, Justin. So not great. In 2019, he had 27 catches, 361 yards. Three touchdowns in 2018. He had 26 catches, 331 yards, and one touchdown. Justin, the speed obviously isn't there, and it shows up on film, but he is like a contested catch king. He's great at working the sideline, and he's got really good body and feet control. Like, he always gets two feet in, even though in college he didn't need the two feet in. And, like, he's, he always catches the ball at, like, the perfect spot, like, with his hands, you know, away from the body. Like I said, he works the sideline really well, so he runs those curls and comebacks. You know what? Route running is more important than speed. Now, granted, you need to have the speed there, but route running is more important than that. Um, like I said, he's a contested catch king. He's got a good feel for zone, and that's half the battle, especially when you when you are in a burner. You have to have a good feel for zone and 
finding holes in it. Austin Mack, and he made like the biggest plays in the biggest games. He made plays against Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship, against Clemson in the semifinals. He made some good plays. And as a, as a disclaimer for all of these guys, we're not going to sit here and go project he's going to make the roster. We're just going to tell you what we like about these people's game. Look at some positives. I'm not going to uh, focus on the negatives. But I think there's some cool stuff about Austin Mack and a wide receiver position where there's only f- like four guys set in stone with the big three and Cody Core is a special teamer. Corey Coleman is not set in stone. There's, there's room to make the roster from this group. Yeah, uh, especially considering that, like you said, Bobby, the Giants have only four wide receivers that are kind of really solidified in their in their spots. And really, there's still a lot of, besides Darius Slayton, there's still unknowns with the with the rest of them because it's either health or age a little bit, um, especially if you consider Sterling Shepard and uh, also Corey Coleman coming off that torn ACL. So those guys, they have question marks that are associated to them inevitably. So really, any of these wide receivers that we're talking about, whether it's Mac, whether it's Dylan, whether it's uh, Ryson or whether it's Benjamin Victor, I can see if, if one of them comes up and they are a contributor in 2020, that would not, in a way, that wouldn't surprise me if one of them can rise up and be a contributor. One of them will make the roster because you, yes. for the most part, you run with six wide receivers, especially when one of them is Cody Kors, a special teamer. So even if you keep Coleman, one of these guys will make the roster. Yeah, and I and I think it'll be an absolutely enticing battle in camp to see who can separate themselves and how they're going to separate themselves because these players, uh, especially three of them, are very similar to each other. Mac, uh, Mac, and, and Victor are a little similar to each other, but then Dylan is different, and we'll get to why. But Mac, NFL ready ball skills. I mean, I I don't think that's even a hot take, and I and I really don't even I say that seriously. Like not even just yeah. trying if to. He give runs this guy a four credit. four nine instead of four five nine. He he probably gets drafted. Also though, it's like you know what? Like they didn't really make like crack like the the starting rotation on a regular basis with these guys. You know what I'm saying? Like they they played and they're rotational. And I get Ohio State has a bunch of talent, but that was a little, like you wish these guys had like fifty catches or so instead of twenty seven. There are three wide receivers from that 2019 Ohio State roster that are that are on an NFL team right now. Um, that were taken either either signed as an undrafted free agent or taken in this year's draft. I'm pretty sure. So that's and two of them were on the Giants. So that's pretty darn impressive. But 57 yeah, they didn't like Dwayne Haskins because he sucks. They didn't want to play for Dwayne Haskins. How about that? Ooh, 57% contested catch rate. Um, and partially why he has to make so many contested catches is because he doesn't get a ton of separation, which, Bobby, you mentioned about the whole speed thing. He doesn't have a ton of speed. A uh, 10-yard split is a little bit sluggish. But if you have the the ball skills and if you're ready to go and if you are a go-getter um, and if you're a legit go-getter, then that's ultimately a very big plus for you. Um, after watching him more and seeing the catches he made over guys like A.J. Terrell, who was drafted in the first round, he was at Clemson. Um, and absolutely shaking Jets cornerback Lamar Jackson from Nebraska, shaking him out of his cleats on a double move when they did play Nebraska this year. That was really, really impressive, and that kind of told me it's kind of a good combination of being a solid route runner and also, again, having those ball skills and being a go-getter. So I think he's going to have to develop a little bit more as a route runner because he does lack that quickness and suddenness, but I was so high on Tyler Johnson Tyler Johnson and Austin Mack, they're both 6'2". They're both go-getters in the air. And really, I do consider... You add an inch to everybody. It's unbelievable. Well, you know what? For for this take, can you just let me say that Austin Mack is (laughs) 6'2"? Can you just let me have it? Because it's like I wanted Tyler Johnson so bad. And I'm trying to make the point, Bobby Skinner. 
he was one of the few guys who made the combine. So we had to use his combine measurements. A lot of these guys have an extra inch. Like Derek Dillon, he is not 5'11". That guy's like 5'10". Anyways, go ahead. So the point that I was trying to make is they're both 6'2". So Austin Mack is kind of a good consolation prize to Tyler Johnson, a guy that I wanted, uh, and a guy that also a lot of Giants fans wanted uh, pre-draft. So there you go. You you absolutely just pooped on my point. Listen, <laughs> facts don't care about your feelings. Am That's I true. right? I love You're when right. people say that. I love when people say that. All right. Next on the list. And we're not going wide receiver, wide receiver, because people will tune out. We're going to go offensive lineman next. Next, we got Tyler Haycraft out of Louisville. The best offensive tackle out of Louisville, in my opinion. Just kidding. Six foot four, 296 pounds. <laughs> Justin, he did a virtual pro day, and I went and timed it with our recording app because it does it to the decimal. In his 40 time, he ran a 5.08 and a 5.12. So sounds pretty good, right? I mean, I got pretty dang good. With a walk-on at Louisville, he started 13 games at right tackle last year. Justin, he's gritty. He likes to hit guys. He doesn't have the greatest technique. He can get beat inside. But, Justin, and he add Tyler Haycraft to the list. Add him to the list. Because his offensive coordinator, Dwayne Ledford, you know what he said, Justin? He said, I think he's going to have to transition to center. We got another transition <laughs> center. I'm going to have to tweet at him and say, I'll tweet at him tomorrow so people can listen to this and they'll get the joke. And we got to figure out if he's been practicing snapping the ball. Uh, I'm not. I'm not big on Haycraft. Uh, there's some stuff there that I like, and because he was a, like he's got room to grow, um, and we'll see how he transitions to the interior offensive line. Um, so I'm not huge on Haycraft, but there's some there's some stuff you like. I love the way he plays, though. I love the way he he likes to hit. He goes to the whistle every single time. Yeah, yeah, and for a different interpretation that I have of you know, like liking contact and liking to hit people is I liked him in the run game. He did a good job of getting out of his stance. And frankly, Louisville would run a lot of this zone. You know, I, I'm Bobby, I'm, I'm not really an expert on this. So, but they ran a lot of zone running plays and that basically has offensive linemen. They're all moving in the same direction together. So he would do a very good job of cleaning out whoever he needs to clean out. And if you're being told you got to drive this guy to the left, you got to drive him to the left sideline. He would do a good job getting out of his stance and driving a guy to the left sideline and opening up uh, a hole for whatever running back uh, that needs to run through or needs to run right behind you. So he would do a good job with that. And something that we knew about Becton and when we were analyzing Mackay Becton is the fact that we didn't get to see Haycraft operate in a lot of uh, true pass sets. That's just not something that that Louisville offense tend, uh, tended to do often. So we didn't get to, we didn't get to see him do that. He's going to need to add some muscle mass. Uh, but overall, like like you said, Bobby, you, you like you like the way that he that he's able to engage guys. You like the little bit of the mean streak. Haycraft rooting for you. Right. So like I said, another transition center. All right, next on the list, out of LSU, wide receiver, five foot eleven? Question mark. One hundred eighty-six pounds. Derek Dillon. This guy was buried on the roster at LSU behind three first-round wide receivers that they had. Um, Jamar Chase, twenty twenty. By the way, he ran a four two eight forty at his con- at his pro day. Now pro day, no, like pro day forties, take it with a grain of salt because like it's ran by the schools and they obviously want to boost their their guys up. In 2019, he had 15 catches, 202 yards, two touchdowns. 2018, he had 22 catches, 307 yards, two touchdowns. Even if his com- his pro day 40 was boosted up, here's what here's one thing we do know about Derek Dillon. He's fast, and it shows up on the film. I mean, you put him down the seam, you use him on a jet sweep, and you can ha- do some fun things with that. 
he's actually pretty decent in traffic. Like he can he can make a decent catch in traffic. Um, he's not like a, he's gonna go get a jump ball, but if you put it in a tight window, like he's he's gonna catch it even though he gets hit or something. Because of the speed, he kind of goes full go every play, and he doesn't really have like that feel for like finding a hole in the zone, which is you know what like with a guy like Derek Dillon just be fast. So maybe he could be a kicker turner. Um, but you know what? Like speed kills, and I'll always give speed a shot to do something for me. Yeah, Bobby, we finally get to say this about uh, a player that the Giants have taken on the offensive side of the ball, even though the theme of the third day of, of the NFL draft for the Giants, uh, they said that it was speed, speed, speed. But we finally get to say this about an offensive player. You can't teach speed. And I love that. That's one of my that's one of my most favorite slogans. It was my favorite uh, catchphrase when it came to Darius Slayton last year. Now, Darius Slayton, he was a guy that ran a 4-3-9. Now, like we said, take it with a grain of salt when we're talking about Derek Dillon, who's running a 4-2-9. You know, so if you're doing the math here, and if you're a math wizard at home, that's a tenth of a second quicker. So good good job, good, good math by me. But you can argue that out of all these guys and out of all these wide receivers that, that we took, you can argue that the guy with the biggest potential is Dillon because of his speed and yards after the catchability. He is most famous for his touchdown against Auburn this year, where he basically ran past a quarter of their defense to get to the end zone. But even before he caught the ball, He played through a little bit of contact and a little bit of traffic, and that didn't slow him down as he ran across the field. He kept his momentum up, and the play, like I said, ended up in an impressive touchdown. So because of his speed, he may be able to contribute in some other area besides a wide receiver, and that may be the thing that buys him a roster spot, kind of like you said, Bobby. I'll save it for when we talk about Benjamin Victor, but there is something I'm excited about when it comes to these undrafted free agents. Yeah, speed kills. That was our high school, like our football team's like thing, like our slogan, River speed kills. Because we was fast. And we was real fast. I wasn't personally, but I blocked for the fast guys. All right, next. This guy's intriguing. Out of Rhode Island. Home of Dumb and Dumber. Six foot three, 316 pounds. Offensive lineman, offensive tackle, guard, center, Kyle Murphy. He went to the combine, Justin. He didn't have a great combine. He had a five, ran a 5-3-40, had 19 bench press reps. A 28-inch vertical jump, which, you know what, like a small school guy, you go to the combine, like you're expecting to do some things, and that was just, it was disappointing. But Justin, at at Rhode Island, his his at, at, he played three games of left guard his freshman year, uh, six games at left guard his sophomore year. At right tackle, he played five games uh, at, uh, at his sophomore year. At left tackle, junior year, he played 10 games. I'm really struggling with this because my notes suck. And, and then 12 games at left tackle his senior year. And then his junior year, he started one game at. You want to know what position, Justin? Center. Another guy. Add him to the center list. Justin. Now, he's intriguing. He was the highest paid, um, given the highest guaranteed money from the undrafted free agent. So, like, that says something, especially when, you know, we're trying to build offensive line depth. Listen, he's a high IQ football player with blitzes and stunts. He always picks stuff up. He's got really good uh, feet. Uh, he's got good good footwork in the run game. He's not going to maul dudes, but he's got good footwork. He's got good angles, which was something we really liked about Matthew Parrott. He's got a he's got a good feel for in his pass sets, staying vertical. That being said, I do don't see him playing at left tackle, even though that's where he played majority of his career, twenty two games at left tackle, because um, speed got him a little bit. He didn't give up sacks, but like you could tell, he would have struggle with speed at the pro level, and his pass sets. Even though at left tackle, they look like a guard uh, set because they were so short and choppy. And I'm not saying that as a negative, but I do see this guy moving inside. 
Yeah, I like the quick feet. You mentioned short and choppy, but short and choppy also translated for Murphy is he he had pretty quick feet. Um, you know, they weren't depth. You didn't get a lot of depth. Like you see, we talked about the depth that Wills would get. We talked about the depth on their first step that Thomas would get. Uh, Murphy certainly isn't that, but quick feet, good anchor, plays a little nasty too, Bobby. I kind of saw that. You kind of you, you talked about that with the other lineman we just covered, but I, I saw it a little, little here with, Ky- with Kyle Murphy. Plays a little nasty, likes to put some mustard and ketchup on the end of his blocks. That's not the first time that I, that I said that metaphor. Remember I said that metaphor the first time? And you got a little confused as to what I was referring to? I'll be honest, Justin. I hate it the second time just as much. <laughs> oh, but you mentioned versatility, and it's crazy how much versatility is valued. And I, I will be honest with you, if you're if you're a Dave Gettleman hater, you have to give Gettleman credit where credit is due because this isn't just a new thing where he's valuing versatility in terms of bringing guys in that can do multiple things. Now you're kind of giving him credit where it's like, okay, these are a little bit better quality football players that he's bringing in, that he's asking to do multiple different things, particularly if we're talking about how many guys can actually play center. But Kyle Murphy is just an example of how much versatility is valued just on this football team as a whole. It's not just the offensive line. Very excited to see what he can do. Um, Now, here's my only thing. You obviously mentioned, uh, you mentioned speed, but what kind of uh, is a little bit of a red flag for me is does 19 bench press reps concern you for a guy who's going to transition to interior offensive lineman? And I think this is kind of important to talk about because the Giants, they gave up the most amount of money. And I don't know if because this is the guy that they signed the most amount of money to and they've given the most guaranteed money to, I don't know if that means that, oh, this is the Giants value him the most. I don't know if that's how that works in terms of when you sign guys to contracts, but they clearly do value him somewhat if they are going to give him uh, the most guaranteed money out of all these undrafted free agents. So for an interior offensive lineman, 19 bench press reps, does that kind of concern you? I would say yes. <laughs> I, I doesn't like concern me, but it's also like, wish they were higher. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going like this guy, like it's not going to work out because he has 19 bench press reps. Now, I mean, all these guys are long shots anyways, but yeah, um, it's it's not great. Right, right, right. Next on the list, a guy whose name is spelled very horribly. Like, it's Benjamin, but there's two eyes to start it off. Doesn't make any sense. Benjamin Victor out of Ohio State, another Buckeye. He's 6'4", 198 pounds. My man's gangly. Ran a 4'6", nine bench press reps. <laughs> Weak. Even though I don't think I could even do 10 two reps of 225 anymore. 35-inch vertical jump, so not bad. Justin, in 2019, he had 35 catches, 573 yards, and six touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad. Lost of yards per catch. In 2018, 21 catches, 354 yards, four touchdowns. 2017, Justin, he had 23 catches, 349 yards, and seven touchdowns. So he had a, a decent amount of touchdowns. I think he had 18 career touchdowns at Ohio State. He's a long, lanky touch, like a touchdown getter. That's what he is. He's a touchdown getter, like in the end zone. Um, he's good in the jump balls, obviously. He needs a little better feet control. You know, in college, you only need the one foot down, and a lot of times that's all he got down was the one foot. But nonetheless, like, that's something you can get better at. He's kind of boomer bust, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to work the route tree like crazy, but he, he boomer bust when it comes to that. He's, like, kind of bad getting off the line of scrimmage. But, Justin, I will say this. His stats in 2019, 35 catches, 573 yards, six touchdowns. Darius Slayton's stats senior year, 35 catches, 670 yards. And five touchdowns. So it's a surefire Benjamin Victor will be 
you know, like the top guy from the rookie class. It's also just significant to point out that Benjamin Victor had a much better season with whoever was at quarterback for Ohio, Ohio State this year compared to Justin 2018. Justin Fields. You should know his Justin name. Fields. He has your same name. Oh, yeah. We, we're best friends. So much better year this year compared to when Dwayne Haskins was under center in 2018. But uh, you know what? That's wrong. That's wrong word. It's, that's a wrong diction because college quarterbacks are no longer under center. They don't do that anymore. But it's strange to hear how you say that he gets off the, the line of scrimmage maybe a little bit poorly because he did test in the 10-yard split of the combine in the 90s. It wasn't about percentile. just speed getting off the line of scrimmage. It was about right. like getting off a of press. He did, he did too much like jukey steps to get off the line. And that's why you also kind of need to add the muscle mass as well, where you know, you're talking about a guy who's maybe a little thin, especially for being 6'4", and maybe that's why you want to add some muscle mass so you're not getting bullied at the line of scrimmage. But also if you're doing jukey things and if you're trying to be a ballerina and dancing up there, that's no bueno. But I kind of like Benjamin Victor just kind of getting getting right to it. Um, you know, Obviously, he's a big play and touchdown machine. Uh, obviously, he has the great size, he, long arms. He also just is very good in terms of his receiving by depth numbers, very good catch percentage between the zero to nine range and the 10 to 19 yard range. And four out of his six touchdowns came from 20 plus yards down the field. So it's a nice kind of like even split of he's impressive in the intermediate range, but he's also very impressive in his own regard, 20 plus yards down the field. Bobby, I kind of like Benjamin Victor out of all these wide receivers that we got. I kind of like him the most. Hmm. Really? Yes. Here's what, here's something I want to say, and this is what the takeout saving. Because we don't have like all these random wide receivers. Now you have Demaris Scotts and stuff like that. I just hope at one point during the preseason, Justin, we have at the X receiver, Austin Mack, and the slot, Derek Dillon, at the Z, Benjamin Victor, and at tight end Carl Markway, who we'll get to. I want to see that. I want to see that for five plays in a row and see what happens because I think all those, all three of those guys are really intriguing. Maybe even throw Rice and John in there, tight end. Yeah. Look out for it. That's something when preseason starts, it'll be, hey, Bobby, remember you said this? And hopefully it'll happen. It'll be like, I have, uh, by the way, Justin, I, not to, sorry to interrupt you. I have a lot of pressure on me in these undrafted free agent episodes. You want to know why? A lot of pressure on me. But last year is when I came out and said, listen, this Jake Carlock team guy, he's probably not going to make the team. Like, probably not. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, I promise you, keep your eye out for him in preseason because he's going to make some kind of crazy play and it's going to be super excited. Super exciting. This guy is a madman. And what did Jake Carlock do in the first preseason game? He literally had like a sack, tip up pass, and an interception for a touchdown. So, and I was, I felt good because people were congratulating. So I have, I need to pick a guy. Maybe he'll be on the defensive side. Like, watch this guy in preseason. Benjamin Victor's my guy for that. He's my guy. All right. Next on the list, we got maybe my favorite undrafted free agent. I, I had this guy in my mock draft, man. Man. Running back out of Maryland, six foot, 215 pounds, Javon Leak. He going to leak on you. Ran a four six five forty thirty 34-inch vertical jump. It's nice to go pull out my old notes, by the way. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry. On 736 yards his senior year, eight touchdowns. Justin, he didn't get a lot of carries. Like, he had a 23-carry game versus Indiana, but, like, he, he didn't have double-digit carries on, like, any of the games except for two. He is fast, and he makes plays. I get that he ran a 4 6 5, 40, and that, like, you're like, oh, that guy's not fast, but he is fast against Big Ten competition. He looked very fast out there. Um, He'll take losses a little too often, and, is, and like, you can, you can tackle him around the legs. But nonetheless, I like this guy 
being the third string running back. I'm over Gallman. I don't think Gallman adds anything to this team. Maybe Gallman's better right away, but I think as a third string running back, Leak adds so much more in the passing game. Now he's a bad blocker and he had some fumbles, so that's a quick way to fall out of the you know good graces. But nonetheless, I like his talent. Give the guy a chance. He's another guy. He's going to have a good preseason. Uh, he's going to have five plus yards per carry. Javon Leak. He's going to make guy make a name for himself in the preseason. He's going to be a big play dude. He's going to have one long run of like sixty yards. He's going to be good. I like Javon Leak a lot. Yeah, especially adding to the whole notion that we could have a guy like Spencer Pulley playing in the fourth quarter of a, of a preseason game this year. <laughs> because there's just so much depth on this offensive line. Javon Leak may be a guy that has a lot of open holes, and he's going to be the guy that's going to hopefully take advantage of it. Something on Twitter that people have told me, and Bobby, maybe let's kind of talk about this very quickly. Why do I feel like simple-minded fan, and we, everybody knows this, I'm a simple-minded Giants fan. Why do I feel like fumbles is just a problem that can be fixed? Like, just go fix it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of the same way. Or Zach, Zach, I tweeted at me one day. He's like, how does Bobby think you fix fumbles? And it's just like, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, part of it is those we saw Tiki Barber fix it. So it's like, you know what? If Tiki Barber can fix it, anybody can fix it. Because the Tiki Barber fumble issue was so real. He was having so many every year. And then he had one for like the rest of his career once Coach Coughlin came uh, uh, aboard. If your main complaint complain about Javon Leak and possibly talking about the battle for the number three running back position if fumbles is your main thing, then I'm going to be like, well, he can, I simply, I'm simply just saying right now, well, just fix it. Now, Bobby, I do have to say, I went back and I watched some of Wayne Gallman's tape from college because I'm like, oh, obviously Javon Leak, explosive playmaker. He does various things, including kickoff returns. That could be a thing that's valuable. And that could be a thing that sets him apart from Wayne Gallman. But I'm like, what did Wayne Gallman look like in college? Because obviously we know what he looks like in the NFL. It's just nothing. It's just nothing has been special. Nothing special, and he has had some of his opportunities. Obviously, health has been a has been a factor in it as well. But, and Bobby, I kind of was reminded why the Giants kind of took Wayne Gallman, why they liked him. He looked more explosive than Leak on his college tape, but the fact that Leak is such a big playmaker, and the fact that in his limited opportunities, he has taken such uh, advantage. Gallman was at Clemson. Leak was on the worst team in the conference in Maryland. No, you're right. You're right. But also you mentioned in previous episodes the fact that we haven't seen what Leak has to offer, and we've already had how many seasons of Wayne Gallman uh, performing under our expectations. Yeah. If I were to pick one of these guys and be like, hey, he's like put him on the roster, it would be Javon Leak. Part of that is because of the running back, just the position. But I've, I value new. And like I said, Justin, he has no wear and tear. He had 78 career carries at Maryland. Crazy. Yeah. Not seventy-eight. I don't know. I, I forgot. Hundred. Well, he had a, he had one hundred and three attempts. He had one hundred and three yeah, attempts in twenty nineteen. One hundred forty-five carries. He had one hundred forty-five carries in three years at man, and that's what the number was. And he averaged seven point eight yards per carry doing it. So I like the guy. Compared uh, to uh, AJ Dillon, where he had like nine hundred and forty attempts. By the way, the Packers. <laughs> AJ Dillon in the second round. Like I liked AJ Dillon, but it was like second round. Are you guys nuts? Anyways, all right. South Carolina tight end, six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. Kyle Markway, Justin, in two thousand nineteen, he had thirty one catches, three hundred forty nine yards, two touchdowns. Justin, now he's not my favorite to make the roster because of the tight end like depth right now at the Giants. 
But we said the same thing about Caden Smith last year. When Caden Smith was signed, I went back and looked at the replies to my initial Caden Smith tweet, and everyone was like, why are we signing a tight end? We don't need a tight end. Well, guess what? You take a chance on you guys You have talent that are talented. And Kyle Markway, he's my guy this year. I'm rooting for him. I think he's going to be a good tight end, and I want him to make the roster somehow, whether it's fourth tight end, special teams, whatever. He's really good at setting the edge and getting to linebackers and blocking and tight ends. That's a kind of a lost art. Um, he's a capable route runner. He took some fullback reps, Justin. I will say, though, when he did play Alabama, Xavier McKinney had him locked up, which got me excited because usually, you know, you see a guy getting locked up and you get disappointed, but it got me excited because Xavier McKinney was locking a dude up. But nonetheless, Xavier McKinney was the fourth pick in the second round. This guy's undrafted free agent. So I like Mark Way, man. He's fun to watch. He bulldozes dudes sometimes. I don't know if you can play him at fullback. Like maybe that's something you try and do to fit him on the roster. But nonetheless, like I, I think I think Kyle Markway is a good player, and I don't want to see him go somewhere else and be really good. Like the 49ers watch Caden Smith go somewhere else. Dude loves contact. Dude absolutely loves contact. And he would what I would see is that he would line up as kind of like a fullback, but not having his his hand like in the dirt. And he would just be going and he'd be searching for dudes. And it was fun to watch him pop shoulder pads and pop, you know, get his hands on guys and put his shoulder in people and be physical. That was really fun to see. What it kind of reminded me of and where I could kind of see him fit. Now, this is at least what Pat Shermer did. Not sure if this is what Jason Garrett's going to do. You know, how many times did we see Caden Smith throughout the second half of last year? And when we were looking at the improvements that Caden Smith made to his blocking, largely it was because you have you would have Caden Smith, let's say, lining up on the left side but then he would pull to the right side and he would take out whoever was the last guy of defense on the right side of the offensive line. So he would pull all the way across and then he would just, you know, put a hat on a helmet from there. And that's what I can kind of see uh, Mark way doing. Well, I can see him doing that. Well, like here, here you, you have your guy to go get, here's your guy, put a hat on a helmet, drive him, be physical. And I can see him playing that role. And he also offered some, some nice, uh, some nice uh, receiving ability as well. Nothing, nothing great, nothing flashy, yeah, but he, he's a capable route good runner. Stuff. He's a capable route yeah. runner. His his dad, he's a tight end family too. His son, or his brother, not his son, his brother is a freshman in high school who's going to be a top tight end prospect eventually. He's already got offers. His dad was a tight end in Iowa. He comes from a tight end family, and I, I like, I put, I put a lot of weight in that, Justin. You put a lot of weight in it. <laughs> All right, next on the list. Now this guy's fun. He's a lot of fun to talk about. I don't know if he makes the team. He's been drafted by the CFL. It's Rice and John, and I hope we get him so I can make the Ju- the Gruden joke of, I call this guy Rice and Beans because he comes on a cheap contract, but he gets the job done. He's six foot seven <laughs> wide receiver out of Simon Fraser, a Canadian college. Now, they're saying he's going to move to tight end. I don't know. He's very skinny, so maybe you just line him up at tight end here and there. He's probably not going to make the roster, but nonetheless, It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to see that big dude out there. He's actually pretty crisp, like a, a pretty crisp route runner. And like he catches the ball away from his body, like uses his size. He's a fun player to watch. I went and watched the full game against Western Oregon, which that's where Kevin Boss came from. And his team was so outmatched. I mean, they got dominated, but he put up numbers that game and was like the one thing. Their QB, I didn't want to tweet this because I didn't want to be mean. Their QB was so bad, Justin. My man just didn't throw the ball. He either took a sack or he went, he scrambled and threw it away like every two-thirds, like every two out of three plays he was throwing the ball away or taking a sack. He was so bad, and he had time to throw. My man couldn't make a read of Simon Fraser. Not to crap on the uh, the tech department or whoever's working at communications for the Simon Fraser University football team, but 
watching tape on Rice and John was like watching my Pop Warner tape when my dad used to film on the sidelines. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Once you get to a certain level, it's like watching a high school film. And you know what? It's like, I'm not going to complain because I'm not a complainer by, by, like you, Justin. I'm more of like, you know what? I'm thankful we have this. Um, you know, It was I'm, just an observation. That's just the way I was raised, you know? Um, you know, I'm a thankful oh person and you're ungrateful. I was oh worried we weren't going to have any film on him. I'm an ungrateful heathen. Um, but exactly what enticed Giants fans about Ramsey's Barden. And that's exactly what is going to get you excited about Rice and John. Now, I know I say Ramsey's Barden and, and, and you cringe, and I'm doing this on purpose. You're, you're welcome. But what gets you excited about a guy like that? It's what gets you excited about a guy like Rice and John. Ten touchdowns scored in 2019. We wanted to walk away from the draft with a bit, with a bigger a more physical wide receiver, and 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 in fact, we kind of you can argue that even though uh, Mac is six two, he's definitely more of a physical wide receiver. So now we're walking away with three of them, and all three of them coming from this undrafted free agency class. So, um, average sixteen yards per catch has a lot of big plays. They come from vertical routes down the sideline. I like this. Why not? Let's do it. Let's rock and roll, and maybe make the team, Bobby. Maybe. He said he's he said he's cool to move to tight end. I don't know. He got drafted by the CFL, so we'll see. He retweeted that as well. So, nonetheless, Rice and John. Rice and John. All right, next on the list, Justin. We're bringing in a special guest for this one. It's Sandro Platzgummer, running back out of Austria. He played for the Swarico Raiders. Little, he's a white guy. He's a little white running back. All right, you're live today. What's going on, dude? What's going on, man? So... You're on Talking Giants. This is Cam Smith. He played over in the Austrian League. He's my college teammate. By the way, how about the one guy that we played like against his school, St. John's, goes to the, your, oh your Jags? Oh, God, man. <laughs> I'm so happy. You know what's funny? <laughs> he's actually a big dude. He reminds me of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he's ugly. <laughs> you see the long hair on him? Yeah, but he's red, so it's ugly. <laughs> you know what's funny? It reminds me when you had your long hair until you slipped back. Hey, mine was good looking, though. He's just He's an ugly boy. He's white. He's Minnesota, St. John's. Anyways, mm-hmm. so tell us about Sandro. One, why you got to make the one guy we get from Austria fumble <laughs> twice in one game? And two, can he, like, is he just going to be so outmatched speed-wise when it comes to the NFL? You know what's funny, man? Because he, he came down, actually, to the IMG Academy down here. He's been getting trained by them when he was first was playing. But, he's dude, he's fast. He's, he's going to be good. They probably use him on special teams, but. I mean, I'm going to share the clip you sent me, and he hawked him down. You hawked him down for that fumble, and dude, you're not that fast, so. <laughs> oh, whatever, dude. He's not. He's going to be good. I mean, he ain't going to be. Uh, he's not going like to make the team, but we're just doing it. He's not going to make the team. We're just we talk about everybody though. Dude, he's going to be on the practice squad. They need somebody in the practice squad like him though. So, um, it'll be good for him, you know. But yeah, yeah, we did give John Hillman a roster contract last year, so. <laughs> Nah, but yeah, so Sandro, dude, like, he's he's actually, he's 23 years old, man. I didn't even know how, he was like 21 when I first played him. Is he like and straight he, up Austrian? Because I yeah. saw, like, I was looking at his Instagram stories and he's like working out in the mountains. Dude, yeah, like, the Innsbruck, the stadium there is, is beautiful because it's sponsored by the Raiders, Oakland Raiders. That's why, that's why they, they get all their money from. Well, I remember when we, when you first went over there, you're like, yeah, like, there's not many good teams, but the historical Raiders, like, they're yes. real good. And then and that's them, where he played Vienna for the Vienna Vikings. The Vienna Vikings, like yeah, they're they're really good. they spanked us too. But yeah, those, those are my 
my two highlights that I got from that dang game, man. Yeah, I'm gonna post that by when people have already <laughs> listened to that. But that was that was pretty like that's my luck. That's like everything comes up Bobby Skinner when it's like the one guy we get from Austria. My best friend made fumble twice in a game. Oh my god, dude! No, when I first found out, man, when you posted, I was like, "What?" Cause I didn't even hear anything about it until you posted. I was like, "Man, I made a new fumble." I know that was so perfect, and I was like, "Oh, is Cam lying?" And it's like, "No, he's actually got video of him fumbling this guy you know, twice." And I got a picture, two pictures of it too, which is even better. So, all right, I'll let you go. I'll talk to you later. All right, bro. Have a good one, man. It. All right, so that's your scouting report on Sanjo Plasticomer. Any, any, you have any thoughts on the guy, Justin? No, but Cam Smith sounds like a very nice person. Very nice man. He's a scumbag. Don't fall for that. Um. <laughs> All right, next on the Thanks list. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, well, I called him. I told he, he Cam, he's one of my best friends, but he's very flaky. He's like, oh, I'm hanging out with the fam. And I was like, dude, it's two minutes. Like, I'm going to call you, and you're going to answer the damn phone. So I had to demand that he answered the phone. Anyways, Cam's my guy, though. We used to do hood rat stuff together. All right, we play cultural ball together. All right. Justin, last on the offensive undrafted free agents. I'm getting a little sentimental because we can't talk about offensive undrafted free agents as a whole until next year. We got quarterback from Northern Arizona University. My man is a lumberjack. Case Cookus. He's got another guy with a great name. He I, he needs to be good for someone and be like, man, he cooked us. Like It's just so easy. Justin, last year he completed 60% of his passes, had over 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Now, we're not going to give a real scouting report on him. I was hoping he would be like Tim Tebow-like, like running around. He's not. I mean, he's got some legs, but he's not He's not running around. He's got a little bit of a hose on him. Now, he's not going to make the team. He's just going to be the fourth camp arm. But nonetheless, I, I like – I like. it'll be fun to see him like get a shot in preseason. Uh, I like Cookus's name because it sounds like Tookus, and that makes me giggle because I'm four years old. Somebody had a problem uh, on Twitter today, by the way, with my continual usage of the word giggle. Honestly, giggle makes me feel very uncomfortable. Well, I, I, I giggle. It's so a weird, little, it's just a giggle. weird word. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we talk about New York pause. When someone says giggle, I go pause. Anyways. Oh, nice. It's just a weird word. Like, I, I agree with that guy. I'm not going to like That person go and, doesn't even follow me. He clearly, oh. he clearly knows enough about me where he doesn't follow me. Yet he made the determination that I use the word giggle often, which I mean, oh, well, I don't like. Oh, screw that like... guy then. Then I'm not on his side anymore. Screw him. Oh, oh, thank, thank you. Oh, the amount of times that you support me on this show, uh, it's, it's been, it's been quite frequently. Listen, Justin, I tear you down to bring you back up. I can't say anything this positive without saying something negative first. This is true. The opposite of the way I treat these undrafted free agents. Well, Cookus six four. The Giants love their tall quarterbacks. They ain't ever going to be taking a chance on. Yeah, but he's probably like six like two. two. He's probably six two. Oh. I don't know. I'm just busting Shh. your ball. Sorry. Can Go you, ahead. Can, can you can can I say like once on this freaking show? Can I say a guy's height without you being in my ear? Oh my <laughs> god. So he's six four. Um, let's go with six three. Sure, we'll settle on that. Uh, Giants love their tall their tall quarterbacks. He does have a gun. He, he's a bit of a gunslinger, Bobby. He's a bit of a gunslinger, and I like that mentality. He, he's a guy that thinks that he can make all the throws on the block. He is a guy that also puts – he's more of a touch thrower instead of a power arm, instead of a guy – power arm. What what are we? What is this, baseball? Um, instead of a guy that has a lot of arm strength. But I like the mentality of this guy. He has, He's very confident. He's been playing for like five years, but I think two years he was injured, and then he has three full years of experience. So uh, I'm going to be excited to see what Cookus can do. 
Sure. Rooting for you, bud. Let's see if he can cook us. Uh, the mm. jokes are just they're just too easy. All right. So we just hit all the offensive undrafted free agents. Justin on Friday, we'll do, you know, we'll do some schedule talk, Giant Stories, which by the way, thanks to you guys, you guys voted. Giant Stories is the official name. We haven't done it since we had that vote. I think the last couple of weeks off for the draft. So we'll do that. And we'll do the defensive undrafted free agents. Only six players, but I will say there's two guys that have something that I always look for when they played against a certain person. So we'll, we'll see that. Justin, any final thoughts before we uh, before we end this dang thing? No, this was fun. Uh, excited. I'm particularly like, let's just be real. I'm excited about these wide receivers. I'm excited about these wide receivers. I'm, re- I'm excited about Leak. That's something that we kind of were looking forward in the draft, either a late round, a late draft running back, or even trying to get some of these uh, a top, mid-tier wide receivers. And I'm kind of happy with the consolation prizes that we got since we didn't take any of them in the draft, any of those positions in the draft. So I'm ex- particularly excited to watch on the offensive side of the ball those particular guys. Yeah. Some of these guys are going to make the team, and that's just a fact. Some of these guys will make the team. There's injuries. There's opportunities. Some of these guys will make the team. I, And that's why I have fun doing this episode. I love doing the offensive undrafted free agents. One, it's like no one else does it. I think I, you know, now next year people will do it because they'll see we did it. But it's a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys. So tune back in Friday for the defensive ones. It'll be a little quick hitter. We got only got six guys. Until then, let's go Big Blue.